Well, it's good to be back from Mexico. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but it's good to be here with you. It was a very relaxing trip. It wasn't until the night before we left I got tense and had a headache. Um, but it wasn't because of you all. It was just because I was leaving sandy beaches and palm trees. I, we found a Charlie Brown palm tree that we would camp out every day around 2 p.m. And I would just stare at it and watch it. I literally read nothing. I was a vegetable for like 10, 11 days. It was, it was brutal. It was awesome. I didn't do that more. Anyways, I'm back at it, and we're back here, and we hit the ground running right away, and we're happy to be back looking forward to our next vacation. <laughs> but if you can get out, you know what? Honestly, traveling is not as hard as it, as it seems with all the restrictions. You can work around it. You can make it happen. It's doable. I believe in you. And if you need to get away, get away. Uh, it's important for your sanity, especially in this crazy time right now. Uh, I want to also welcome Hi to Gwaii Church. Uh, they uh, from Port Clements. Uh, in Charlotte City, they join us uh, online a lot, so we're very happy for them to join us uh, on Sunday mornings, and they too can be a part of what we're doing down here with the Christmas program and the projects and everything, if they so please, so we're very happy to have them be a part of us. Today we're going to talk about something that's really cool, and well, it's about the Bible, of course, and we're going to talk about Deuteronomy, one of my favorite, favorite portions of Scripture, so much I tattooed the Hebrew on my arm because I loved it so much. It does limit me to certain countries, though. Some countries don't like it when you walk in with Hebrew all over your arm, but I, I love this verse. It's part of the Shema. Uh, which is in Deuteronomy. It's uh, love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, And that's Deuteronomy 6.5. But in Deuteronomy 6.4, we're going to back up just a bit. It's the shortest verse. And, and the Jewish religion says this twice a day. They repeat the Shema twice a day. And it's very important because I want to talk to you about repeating words and self-talk and just a lot of things like that because the, the Scripture has been doing this for thousands of years. It's been encouraging us to do certain things. And then all of a sudden now with the self-help gurus and everybody online saying, you can be better and you can do this, it's like they, they tapped into some secret message that was never there before, but all of a sudden it's come to light. It has always been in Scripture. Throughout all the horrific things that religion has done over the years, this Scripture was still there. And they just didn't read it or understand it as well. So Deuteronomy 6.4 says this. It says, Hear, O Israel. Now, I could just stop there. That's important, and we're going to come to that. But he says, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, it's very monotheistic, meaning one God, one thing. We, we believe in the Trinity. We be Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we believe that all throughout Scripture, Father, Son, Holy Spirit were there. And we're not going to get into that this morning. But they said this so that they would, twice a day, and they say this twice a day, so that they remember that God is there. They verbalize it. They remember that He is God. No matter what you believe, there is one God. And that is God, Jehovah, Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is part of all that. They are all that, three in one. Okay? Very quick, right over that. Now, the point is that they repeated it daily, twice a day. And people go, well, that's very religious. There's a reason for that. But we're going to get into that. 
Fast forward to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus is talking. He says, he says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, this is 22 verses 34 to 40, had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. He's an expert in the Old Testament law, all the do's and don'ts and the what have you's and the sacrifices and all that. He was an expert. And he said this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In that whole list of many, many, many hundreds of laws, which is the most important? Which is the greatest? Now, this is to trick him up. This is to trick up Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He says, well, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. They all knew what he was saying right there. That's part of the Shema. This is the first and greatest commandment. Realize that. He's talking to a bunch of Jewish scholars and experts. He hits them right where it counts. The Lord your God. Boom. Here he is. Love the Lord your God. The first, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second commandment is like it. This is where Christians slip up and trip. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is amazing because he's basically saying you've got all these rules you have in place, but here are the two most important. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And then, of course, there are things that go, well, who's my neighbor? And they try to trip him up again. I'm here to tell you that everyone's your neighbor. doesn't matter what. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. How many of us love our neighbors as ourselves? And I'm not talking about the ones that live next door. I've had bad neighbors before. I didn't love them. Well, I loved them. I didn't like them, but I loved them. It was tough, tough to deal with on a regular basis, very difficult. But what about the people in the grocery stores? What about the people, you know, when you're tired, when you're grumpy, when you're cranky, wherever you happen to be and go? Especially now, it's come out real bad, right? You're in the store, you're wherever you always... I, I guarantee you every time I go, which I try not to go out too much... I see it, and it's, it's horrible. It's awful. People are being brutal because they're stressed out, and they're, they're actually acting on a stress response because over the last 20-some-odd months, we've been struggling with this whole thing that's been going on, and we're frustrated, and we hear one thing and then another, and people are fighting, and people that you knew for a long time disagree with you, and, and just because they disagree with you now, they can't like you anymore. When did a disagreement ever become a relationship thing? If, if I disagree with you, that's okay. I can disagree with you, still love you, and actually still be kind and decent to you if I disagree with you. I'm going to go on a tangent here soon, so I'm trying to stay focused. But listen, we can disagree. I disagree with many theologians about a whole bunch of things and have talked with many of them. I disagree with their view on it, but that on certain things. But it doesn't mean that I dislike them. They've given me new ways. And there's been others where I disagreed with, and they saw, they saw my perspective and I saw their perspective, and it changed both of us. Our belief in God and our study in God, our theology, what we believe in Jesus Christ, in the Godhead, in all of Scripture, there's so many different theologies, that all should be evolving continually, daily, Weekly, minute by minute, hour by hour, we should always be growing and our theology should expand and we should understand more. And scripture does talk about that. So Jesus is talking to them saying, hey guys, look, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to argue with that? It's right out of the Old Testament. 
And so the nature of God demands that people accept his uniqueness, his aloneness in the span of creation. God himself. How many of you, two or more years ago, thought it would be no big deal for people to say, there's aliens? You're not laughing. See how weird that is? If I had said this a few years ago saying, hey, I believe, I'm not saying I do this, but if I came up and said I believe there's aliens, you would all be like, what is wrong with you? Nowadays we're like, oh, yeah, aliens, whoop-de-doo, no big deal. It's like, what? (laughs) things, Things have gotten strange. Our core beliefs are being challenged on a daily basis. And I have to, I, I don't, here's the thing, let me, let me say this. Let's, for argument's sake, say that there are aliens and UFOs and all these kind of things. We're talking about life on Mars and whatever. Let's just say for a moment, put all your beliefs aside, there is. Does that change God? Does it change the uniqueness of him? No. He's the creator of the universe. And the big argument out there right now is what happens if they do find alien life forms This is just a weird topic for church, right? But it's out there. It's out there right now. Let's say they do. What is that going to do to your faith in God? The Lord your God is one. Three in one, as we believe. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Love God. Love your neighbor. doesn't matter about the rest. It doesn't matter. There could be a giant arm growing in the center of the Pacific Ocean. It doesn't matter. God is God. And that's how it's always been, and that's how it always will be. If we're to live our lives as God intends us, we have to begin by living under God's authority and honoring His unique status. So this is exactly what the Jewish people do when they say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. That's it. doesn't matter about anything else. He is God. That's it. That's important because they say it twice a day. And if God is not the only one we worship, then he won't be worshipped at all. And Israel understood that from the very earliest times that the nation's worship was to be restricted to Yahweh only. The Shema is a reminder to the Israeli people, to the Jewish nation, it's a daily reminder that that. The heart's attention needs to be on God and God alone. One author talks about the first portion of the Shema and says the central confession of faith consists of only four words, Yahweh, our God, Yahweh, one God. The expression has been variously understood, but possible translations are Yahweh, our God, Yahweh is one, or Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. But either way, it's God is one and Him alone. And they focus on that. And that word one or alone implies, yes, monotheism, which is just God, and not polytheism. Okay, so multiple gods. Now, back in ancient times, they had multiple gods. And they would carry them around like dolls. They had a god of fire, wind, they had gods of the earth, the God of this and the God of that. They had gods everywhere. And they actually took them as dolls. It's actually quite interesting. And they would take them everywhere they went. They were idols because they had to have that idol with them wherever they went. Basically, it was like playing Barbie. 
right? Not that I've ever done that, okay? Let's be clear. But it's like playing with dolls is what they did. They just carried them around. They fed them. They took them to the washroom. This is what they did. Multiple gods for multiple things to cover them in so many different areas so that the gods weren't unhappy with them. And so this one or this alone is implying that there is only one God, okay? And even if it does not state it with all the discernments in our theological formulation, in, in our foundation, he is one. That is it. Even if in Israel some believed that there were the existence of other gods and they had to realize that the affirmation of one God, of Yahweh alone, he was the sole object of Israel's obedience. He was the one they focused on. He was the one that they believed in. And so this call for Israel to hear is very significant. When he says, hear, O Israel, this is important because it's both spoken and it's heard. And the words that follow are this, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And not only was Yahweh one, but Israel must be one as well. And so in verse, uh, chapter 32, verses 8 to 9, to all intents and purposes, he is God alone since his power extends to all nations. And that's referenced in chapter 32. Uh, and so Israel must worship only him because there were too many other things to worship. There were too many other gods from all the other nations. And that's one reason why God said you will not have any idols. You will not carry these things around because he can't be contained in because he's everywhere. He is everything. So he is one. And secondly, that Israel itself is a unity. They are a unit. In the Hebrew, um, in Hebrew, the words you and your in this passage is often in Deuteronomy does say, uh, they're the words used when speaking to a single individual. So when you, um, remember in the King James Version, you used to have these and thous, thy, thou. Well, that's meaning one. And so we've changed that in our new scripture in our new translations. And so this, uh, the people's oneness includes both those that stood before Moses and all the rest of the generations that were coming. And so that means they must worship, they must obey as one, as a group, uh, and allow no major, major divisions among them. No major divisions. And so this is where we find ourselves in our time, where there's divisions within the church, and I mean the universal church, all these divisions over certain differences. And it can be theologically, which there has been. That's why we have all these other different denominations. It can be uh, scientifically. It can be all sorts of differences that we have. But we need to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. So how would you want to be treated? And I don't think the Christian church is being a great example of how we're supposed to treat others right now. Because within us, we are fighting. Um, and I'm saying as the corporate church itself. And so in this Shema, when it's recited, it's said so that this generation can educate the next generation about the truth of God and themselves, how they are one and how they can't have division. They must be unified. Verse 7 of the chapter that we're in, verse 6, says, impress them on your children, talk about them all the time. 
talk about these teachings of who God is. Because if you don't, you'll lose it. You know, it's very interesting. When we went to Tulum in Mexico, and in there there's ruins. And they talk about uh, the different people groups, right? The Mayan people. And the Mayan people still exist. A lot of people think they've been extinct, but they're not. They're actually they're descendants of the Mayan people. But their society has collapsed. And the reason why their society is collapsed is one thing and one thing only. It's disunity. That's it. There's a lot of other stuff that happened, but it was disunity. It was complaining about what was going on. And they talk about the collapse of that people group. And they talk about how they fought amongst each other. I'm here to warn you this morning that disunity and fighting amongst each other will collapse a society. It will collapse a group of people. Whether it's a church itself, just one single church, whether it's this church, whether it's multiple churches, whether it's the Christian faith, it will collapse. Now, we know that God is bigger than all that, and he will always remain God. His word will always be there, but the people that follow it will collapse. They will drop. Read Revelations. It's, 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 it's a sad state of affairs. But society will collapse if there's disunity. Now, that doesn't mean you agree on everything. But if there's disunity and there's fighting amongst each other, it will collapse. And the world has proven this time and time again, different people groups that have just collapsed and been taken over because of the complaining, the whining, the wanting more, the abuse of power, all of that. This is actual history. And guess what? Guess what you heard a million times? History repeats itself. And if we are not careful in North America, I'm not going to pick out on any country itself, but North America, it will collapse. It will. It's just a matter of time. So, that's not a doomsday thing. I'm just saying God is still God, and whatever happens, happens. That's the way she goes. But we need to be aware of it. So how can we... Does this change God? No. God is still the same today and forever. So therefore, what do we do? Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you took that same principle and implemented it in your everyday life, and I'm not saying this is easy because some people are really hard to love. I'm telling you right now, though, and get along with, if you implement it, you will change the world you live in. You will. But it's tough when you're tired and cranky and when things don't go your way. But in the end, if we don't do something, our fate is written for us. That's why we can't get rid of the history and cancel everything just because it was ugly. We need to accept things, apologize for them, whatever we need to do, make it right, however that looks, fix it. Not just talk about it, fix it. Talk about it, fix it, do something, and move forward in a positive way. We do. We need to do that. But not cancel. We need to remember. We need to remember. Why do you think we put up certain monuments? Why do you think we put up uh, and remember certain things? When you have a loved one that's passed, you remember them. You don't want to forget them. 
We do that because it's important to remember the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we don't do it again if it's real bad. And that's what we need to do. And our country in Canada here is, is um, they're not innocent in any way. Our government, our people, we need to be better. And that's okay. We're going to be. Many of us are. We need to be aware of that. But everyone needs a reminder from time to time to fix their perspective. What are you focusing on? Many temptations are around us that will steal or attempt to steal our love for God. As we move throughout our days and our lives, the reminder that God alone is worthy of praise will call us back time and time again to trust Him, to put all our trust in His provision and presence for all things, no matter what it is. You know, there's an article uh, that I read in um, the, I think it's, uh, I lost the page, but it's um, in USA Today, and it talks about self-talk, okay? And we don't do it a lot. We do, we do internal speaking. How many talk to yourselves in your head throughout the day, right? You know, there's a lot of words banging around in there, a lot of stuff flipping around. Well, again, we talked about these gurus that talk about, you know, you get in the mirror and you say, I'm beautiful and I'm handsome and I'm happy to make the day. Everyone likes me kind of thing, right? Get yourself all jacked up to go out, right? There's, there's a truth to speaking positive to yourself. Okay, there is. Because we know this because if you speak negative to yourself, what happens? You get depressed. Things don't go your way. You get upset. There's a lot. You, 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 your self-esteem drops, whether it's you doing it or somebody else doing it, speech impacts you to the good or to the bad. And if you're negatively self-talking to you, to yourself, you will continue to dig a hole of depression and sadness, and your self-esteem won't be very good. But if you lift yourself up, if you talk positive to yourself, they've proven and they've done studies that Speaking positively to yourself will improve your self-esteem, improve your day, your outlook, your perspective on many things. Now, I say that because, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. They said it out loud, and they did it loudly so everyone could hear because it made a difference because then they go, yes, he is one. This is how I start my day. You are number one. You are the focus of my day, not me, not other things, not idols. I don't carry them around with me because I need them to keep me secure. He's the one, and I say it verbally, boom, done. They did this in Scripture, so don't stop buying the self-help books, because guess what? It's in there. I just told you. Go read it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, hear, O Israel, and anytime there's something valuable and important that must be put out, Scripture will say, hear this, listen closely, and all the other words that talk about hearing things. It's in there. Repeat it. It's there. So when you're reading Scripture, understand that there's a good, there's good science behind it. Right? They use this nowadays for people who want to make more money you got to talk positively about 
bringing in the bringing in the kwan, bringing in the cash. Well, I don't really focus on that, but I do focus on the fact that God is God. And no matter whether it's pandemics, whether it's tornadoes that touch down in British Columbia, what is going? I leave for two weeks and you guys are getting tornadoes? We just five minutes up the beach, the, um, the Mexican mob dudes, the, what are they called? The, the bad dudes, the bad guys. Cartel, yeah, those guys, they were raiding a resort. We don't get that every day. They get that. But we, tornadoes? But no matter what's going on, God is still in charge. No matter what happens. And we think, North American Christianity thinks that if bad things happen to us, that there's something wrong with us, or we didn't pray hard, or there's sin in our life. And, you know, although there may be some attachments to that, the point is, bad stuff has been happening forever. Does that change God? No, it doesn't change God. And so when we repeat who God is daily, that's why devotionals, our daily devotion in the Word is important because it gets our focus on the right track every day. If you don't focus on God every day, somehow, you will focus on something else. And then something else will become your idol. Something else will become more important to you. Some people do money, some people do fame, some people do relationships, whatever it may be, power, control, whatever. It's very similar to if you've never seen the sun, you're going to be pretty impressed with a street light until you see the sun. Our focus is important. Our focus is important. And if we turn our back on the greatness and majesty of God, we will fall in love with worldly things that have no value in the end, and we can't, they they have no eternal value. So we need to accept that God alone deserves our attention. Love God, hero Israel. He's one. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said this. He said, like Israel, followers of Christ must see Jesus the same way. And he said, if you really know me, in John chapter 14, verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. If you had a relationship with Jesus, if you've seen Jesus, if you've accepted him, you've seen God the Father. We've got to root ourselves in Jesus. He's an eternal and the only Lord. Are there things in your life that have impressed you more than Jesus? Are there things that you focus on before Jesus and then you just kind of give him a little bit of this? Remember, if you haven't seen the sun, you're going to be impressed with a street light because it's an imitation of the real thing. It's not the real thing. The sun is the real thing. A streetlight is an invention by someone else to mimic the sun. Everything else is an imitation. Jesus is the real deal. So today I ask you, 
to ask God to show you the things you have put as a priority over Him, as a substitute to your relationship with Him. Deal with that this week, whatever it is. Ask God to show you, deal with it. And next week, we'll come back and we'll get into His Word some more. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the people here. Those listening, we want to focus on you so that we can change our lives and those around us. Help us to put you first daily, every day. And then, as we go out into the world, as we go out in our circle of influence, that we, that we will love our neighbors as ourselves, where we work, where we go to school, where we play, where we live. Help us to be that example. And when we make mistakes, help us to jump back on and learn from them, bring other people around us to lift us up and edify us and just carry us along as we do this journey together. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great week. Remember, what are you putting first? Check yourself. And as you go, remember, hero west winds, God is first. Amen.